0: Tools for Living, Room to Grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, Episode 114. Do you ever feel like your spiritual life is a bit half-hearted, as though there's a disconnect between the person you are and the person you want to be? Well, today's guest is going to help us tend that disconnect so that we no longer live a segmented life, especially when it comes to our relationship with God. Because when it comes right down to it, God is looking for wholehearted, fully devoted followers of Him. Well, it's an honor to have Catherine Mack with us here at The Living Room. And she's written a new book, along with Erin Williams, called Whole, The Life-Changing Power of Relating to God with All of Yourself. And oh my goodness, I love the message of this book. And you open just the little back matter with this question, do you ever feel like your spiritual life is incomplete? And I kind of hope you do, because that means we're hungry for more. And so welcome, Catherine. Would you uh, just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and um, how this
1: book came to be. Yeah. Thanks, Joanna, for having me on. Um, I am a mom of four kids, been married for 25 years um, to a guy named BJ, and we are from Little Rock, Arkansas, and been in ministry for years. I served in the local church, in um, a larger Bible church in our area, as women's ministry uh, pastor for many years, and... Then um, over the years, the co-author of this book, Aaron, and I launched out into nonprofit ministry, just having a hunger to serve the broader church with some of the messages that are burning on our hearts, Um, a lot of them contained in this book. And in the many ministry endeavors that we've had over the last few years, um, we've just had some of the same conversations over and over. And that is with people that found their faith early in life, but somewhere in the last few years have gotten kind of uh, turned upside down and don't know where to find themselves in the church, um, how to rekindle their life with the Lord that has potentially gone dry, uh, but wanting to. And Mm -hmm. over the course of many years, we've seen some themes in the conversation that, um we just felt like we wanted to share with more people. And so that's why we wrote the book. I love what's happening
0: in the church in that I think we're getting a little bit more honest about our faith, you know? And and if we're struggling, I think it's almost like rather than trying to hide it or put a little Band-Aid on it, we're actually maybe going a little deeper. And I think that's so important because, like I said at the beginning, you know, if you're really satisfied with your spiritual life right now, you might be settling for less than what Jesus came to give. And I love how you have kind of just really dove into this theme of whole and how you've divided the book. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Well, the premise of the book, you know, as, as we said, a lot of people have felt Um, Maybe, like, they want more and that their spiritual life is lacking. And a lot of times we put that on God and we think maybe he is distant or has turned a blind eye. Mm -hmm. But the premise is that often we're actually holding parts of ourselves back from him. And that's why we feel the distance. We're coming to him with half of who we actually are. And Mm -hmm. I think we do that unknowingly. Like, none of us mean to do that, but because of our. Personalities and our comfort zones, and even our upbringing in the church, we have areas of comfort and areas that we're used to relating to him with. And we have areas that are outside that comfort zone um, that are open terrain, so to say, um, that he's inviting us into. And so, um, yeah, we have four areas that we're exploring um, that help us identify where we're comfortable and where we might be holding back. So the first one, is head and heart. They're they're each a set of words, um, but head and heart. And we just dive into how some of us relate to God with our heads primarily. Um, So for some of us, we love to study about Him. We love Bible study. Um, We uh, like to read a lot, potentially. And we really value the truth of His Word and relating to Him in an intellectual way. And for others of us, that feels uh, maybe too stale, and we relate to him with our heart and we find joy in our prayer time with him and we share our emotions easily with him. And, you know, we can just unknowingly go farther and farther in one of those directions and find a bit of an imbalance when Jesus is saying, Okay, my first and greatest commandment of anything in scripture is to come to me with. All of that, Mm. like your heart, your soul, your mind, like come with all of that. And so, you know, that first section, we're just helping you understand how you might be leaning one way or another and how you might grow in more fullness in in how you love God.
0: I love that because I think that, you know, we we quote that verse all the time Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. But if we don't understand that, those have different facets and how that looks, then we do kind of miss out. I, I know that, you know, even though I was raised in a heart-centered kind of a church, a spirit-centered yeah. church where, and yet we were very much taught the word. So there was a really strong foundation. But I, just by nature, kind of swung to the do's and, and the word yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. And so I knew God loved me in my head but I didn't really know that he loved me in my heart, you know? And so getting even that great divide, that 18 inches, trying to close that gap so that I wasn't constantly trying to please him, but neither at the same time was I like, well, I can do whatever I want. He'll have to love me. No, it's both. and, And I love, I love that message. How has that, how has your journey been in that particular piece?
1: Yeah, well, I start the book talking about how accidentally church became like school in my mind as a as a young child. And I think it can be that way for for many of us, but you know, in the same way that school was somewhere you went at a certain time in a building and you achieved by learning and then you left and you were kind of happy, you know, that the school bell rang and you could continue on with your actual life. Um, I felt similarly with, with church. I, I did enjoy going to church, but it was more of um a place to perform, I think for me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when the Bible study awards look nice. It was contained to a building, it was contained to a time. And so I think for me, um, you know, that's how it became more of a Relationship mind wise between me and the Lord, it was an intellectual exercise. And meanwhile, in my personal life, and I dive into this in the first section, there was a lot going on. My parents were getting a divorce, and mm-hmm. and I was in a lot of turmoil. But somehow, that got really segmented, and that wasn't something I brought into mm-hmm. church, and it wasn't something I brought into my life with God. Um, And so there, there became a separation there that, um, was accidental, but has been something I fought against really the rest of my life because of how I started out.
0: So how did you make the journey of bringing also the heart to the head?
1: Yeah. Well, um, I had a mentor in college, I think God let me fall and, I think he didn't let me just come to him with half of who I was and stay in a lukewarm state um for the rest of my life for good purpose but he had to let me fall uh for me in in college I I crashed a bit made some bad decisions you know just started drinking dating the wrong guys um and I had a mentor that saw better in me and saw that I love the lord but that I was you know broken and working through some things and so she asked me some hard questions like you know I know you're on this path still doing the right things you know going to campus ministry and church and pursuing but your heart is hurting and you're you're not mm-hmm. actually living an integrated full life with him you're you're living a bit of a double life and So it was her speaking into my life and, and caring about me and caring about my feelings and encouraging me to give my actual feelings to God, Mm. even when they weren't perfect. And I think somehow, you know, when you live, um, Aaron and I that wrote the book together have talked about how a lot of these divides can come about because of some sort of trauma even And I think for me as a child, I wasn't safely able to open up with my emotions to a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. somehow that spilled over to God also. And so as if he's going to disappoint or fall or fail me or... So I, I think there was some of that in my story. And I think for a lot of even probably those of you listening, that's pretty common that we shut off our heart our emotions out of self protection
0: mm-hmm.
1: because of something that we've experienced. I mean the head feels a little more neutral. Right. And in our control and the heart feels a bit uh riskier and more vulnerable. Right. Um but again, I mean half the people reading this book are saying the opposite. Like they have felt very safe to love with their heart, but they need to be growing in, you know, their head and their knowledge of who Jesus actually is and that's the beauty of these conversations like we all have different histories um we right. all have different upbringings and tendencies and he's going to he's going to allow us to know him and grow from these different directions toward greater fullness but it's it's a unique journey for all of us
0: It really is. It really is. And I think understanding that, that we can come from our bent. You know, I've I've often thought, you know, just about the spiritual love languages that we each have, you know, how we connect with the Lord. And you guys have a wonderful quiz on your book website that people can go to. We'll have the links in the show notes. But just kind of helping us even maybe evaluate a little bit of where am I and where would the Lord like to meet me? Because yes. that again, that word whole, I just, I love that word because I think all of us feel that push-pull. Like, I want to seek first the kingdom yeah. of God, but oh, I feel so pulled by these other things. I want to be holy and completely devoted to you, Lord, but I'm so scared to let yeah. go of control. And so being able to look at that clear-eyed and understand that Jesus isn't threatened by that and in fact he wants us to get honest about yeah. those things so that he can fill the holes to make us whole. <laughs>
1: <And> exactly.
0: <laughs> that's the goodness of our God.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great message. That's a good word. What's another part of the dichotomy that
0: you know we talk about the head and the heart. What's another piece of that?
1: Yeah. Well, another one that that we almost didn't separate because it does have some similarities but it also has its own uniquenesses is truth and spirit.
0: Mm, Yes.
1: So truth and spirit is the next one. And, you know, that, that divide, uh, can also happen. It can happen because of our own personal comfort zones, but that one specifically can be, um, we can get pigeonholed because of the denominational, uh, backgrounds that we have. Some of us have mm-hmm. come from really strong uh, Bible teaching churches. Some have come from charismatic churches or Anglican churches, and um, they each have their own leanings. Um, but we talk about how, um, you know, we can, in the broader church, even start looking at the other side with a little bit of um, suspicion, a bit. Um, from our own side, because we can be afraid of the extremes of the other side. So we delve into uh, some of those issues a lot in truth and spirit. You know, we have talked to a lot of people who come from charismatic backgrounds, and they have a fear of being too truth heavy, where their relationship with God might become dry or distant. And you'll talk to people that have truth heavy backgrounds that are afraid of things being out of control or weird in the spirit realm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you see both sides, like, occasionally throwing out the baby with the bathwater because of that experience or like, you know, a little bit of fear. But you also see when people have an aha moment and realize like, in John, Jesus is Jesus says, like, the true worshipers come to me, worshiping me in truth and in spirit. Like you said, it's not an either or. Right. We can have 100% of truth and 100% spirit and be running after Him in both. And that's where we have the fullness. So not only can we individually grow in this, but I think as the church, you know, in, in a age where we can tend to divide over differences, Mm -hmm. this is a chance for us to go, wait, like I might could learn from these brothers and sisters in this area. That's kind of a gap in my own faith journey. And I might could share with them this area that's been really strong in my faith journey. And it's a great opportunity for the church to unite over the main things. And also like Join together and experience the vast um, expression of his bride that he has had in mind. So, truth and spirit, that's, that's that one. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, I've often
0: thought of, you know, in marriage. You know, one of the challenges is two different people being able to receive each other as a gift and not just a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yes. but, but when you see that that man was made in God's image, woman was made in God's image, and when we come together in the beautiful union that God means, we become a more accurate reflection of God to the world. And yeah. I believe that it's the same for the body of Christ. But I agree, Catherine, my heart is really heavy for the division that the the enemy is sowing and that sometimes is being propagated by well-meaning people where yeah. we're pointing the finger at each other. And I think we've got to be careful because Scripture clearly says Satan is the accuser, accuser of the brethren and that we're to put off the pointing the finger. Now, that doesn't mean we don't come and say, this extreme kind of concerns me. Can you help me understand in Scripture right. 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 And, and the same way, because here's the beautiful thing. When you when you really take the whole counsel of the word of God, you've got the truth only church, but you've also got the spirit heavy church, right? It's both in scripture. So what if we brought it all and become those well-rounded Christians that I think the Lord wants us to be? Now that doesn't, and I'm I'm talking more than I should, but that doesn't mean that by nature, I might prefer one style of worship more than another, that I might, that might just be my bent, that I'm truth more, or I'm spirit more. But when I'm willing to receive the differences as almost a beautiful balancing point that keeps either side from going to extreme, then it's win-win.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think what we found too, the more we dug in scripture is these separations are really our separations. Hmm. Yeah. We are saying a truth person, a spirit person, and, and he wouldn't, God wouldn't say that. Yeah. Like yeah. we are a whole person. It's just recognizing that we are, because you cannot be a truth person who cares about the word of God and see that the Word of God emphasizes the Spirit of God, and not be a spirit person. Right. And you can't be a spirit
0: person without the Word.
1: Yeah. I mean, half of what the Spirit does is just illuminate the truth, convict us about the truth. And so it's this beautiful circle of how they work together, and they're inextricably linked. So. Even when we talk about the divisions, these are human created divisions that we've fallen into, mm. but they're not, um, they, they're foreign to God because he created us with those things um, being one.
0: Yes. I love that. I love that. And that whole idea of not just being whole ourselves, but the unity the unity of the body of Christ and receiving yeah. one another and and embracing each other. I think, you know, Jesus said, he, the last thing he prayed was, may they be one as you and I are one. So yeah. there is this, It it, it isn't either or. I, I think he's a both and God. I know that can yeah. be, you know, <laughs> that that you might get a little bit nitpicky and be able to say, but, and I would agree, but overall. No, I think you're right on. At least in my life, that's what I found. It's not just the Spirit, and it's not just the Word. It's the Spirit-breathed Word. That's yes. what's changed my life.
1: Absolutely. We, we do give an example in the book that keeps coming back to mind, and it's of a bonfire. And the bonfire represents our life with Him, but the wood at the bottom of the bonfire represents the Word, and if you think about the wood, it's it's sturdy, um, it's foundational, yeah. and it's necessary for the fire. But without the flame, it can become moldy. It cannot have the same use or power. And it can dry up. And so with truth and spirit, we think about how we have it's vital for a bonfire to lay down that wood for the foundation and for the stability and sustainability of the fire. But then you add the flame of the spirit, yeah. Yeah. that more mysterious, not foundational, but more mysterious, organic movement of the spirit. And that's what brings the foundation to life. And without mm-hmm. the foundation, that flame would burn out.
0: Right, right.
1: You know, so in the same way, it, it can't be it it can't be a bonfire with just a flame, but we talk about how those two elements together um, are really what brings power to the Christian life.
0: Yes,
1: yes, yes.
0: yeah, because honestly, for me, early on when I, when I was kind of just doing truth without the spirit, in a sense, it was all up to me. Yeah. It was all the things I had to do. But when you bring the spirit to the truth and you realize he's the one who gives us the power and the desire to live a holy life, then that's when we become unstoppable. And I wonder if that's not why the enemy doesn't try to just kind of cut and divide.
1: I think so. I mean, either way, it's like with with just the truth or with just the wood, we're we're lacking the power. Um, with just the flame or just the Spirit, um, we'll burn out too. I mean, we've got to have the truth undergirding that. So I I think you're right, Joanna. I think that that's part of the enemy's tactic is just to keep us held back and limited.
0: Yeah. Right. And a lot of times it's out of fear. But the thing I found is that when when I really welcome the Spirit's work as outlined in the Word, He takes care of keeping me from going into any unhealthy extremes because the spirit is very word centered. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. He's the one who does it. Well, you also got two other sections. Um, The third one is being and doing and then saint and sitter. Talk to us a little bit about those.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like the being and doing chapter might be close to your heart because you wrote about, about the Mary and Martha situation. But I I think all of us, you know, have a tendency, again, to be more of a beer or a doer. And so if you're a beer, you might be more comfortable in a, you know, in a prayer closet for hours, you might have a more meditative, contemplative life before the Lord. And if you're a doer, you might tend more toward missional endeavors, uh, sharing the gospel, really getting out there. And again, that can be a personality thing. It can be... Uh, that you grew up in a denomination that has a strength um in being and meditating and inner life with God or a denomination that's that's more outward uh focused. But um Jesus again, he just modeled to us this perfect life where he's you know he's escaping to be with his father on a very regular basis, like he's getting alone with him, he's praying with, only with mm. him, he's escaping the crowds. And then he, then he goes back. He doesn't just stay there. And I don't think he wants us to just stay in our prayer closets, yeah. you know, all the time. But he goes back, he interacts with people, he shares uh, truth with them and life with them. And uh, so we see this perfect marriage of the two of those. And so that chapter, again, we just, you know, it's important to, to start with where we actually are and identify mm. which of these Ways might we have tendencies toward, and how could we grow toward the other? And then the fourth section, uh, saint and sinner, it uh, deals more with our identity before the Lord, mm-hmm. and those words tend to be like the scariest for people in different ways, actually. Uh, but we talk about how we, before Christ, before our salvation, were all sinners. You know, with, mm-hmm. without hope on our own and, and in need of his help uh, to reach the Father and, and the importance of that. Um, but then we talk about how after salvation, we are renamed like we've been given a new heart, we've been given a new name, we're part of his priesthood, we're part of his family, we're saints. Um, for me, Joanna, that was uh, the side that I have had to grow into because mm. um, I, I've been more comfortable thinking about the fact that I have no good in me. Um, you know, I am even like dirty rags before him. Mm. I think out of a heart to be humble before a great big God. Right. Um, But... I think now from just studying scripture as we have especially for this book just recognizing all through the New Testament like that's not the name he gives me as his child, right and that I need to be calling myself what he calls me
0: in order mm-hmm. to be
1: accurate and and so that doesn't mean we don't struggle with sin like I still have right. a battle with sin this side of heaven, but that's not who I am. Yeah. Now yes. that's not my name. Um, and I so, you know, according to the ways we lean, if we're really comfortable, if we've been brought up saying you're a saint, you're a believer, you know, you're a member of the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. And maybe we've kind of tossed our sin aside as something that's not important. Mm-hmm. We might need to go, you know what? Um, In light of this great gift I've been given, I need to acknowledge my sin more and make sure I'm confessing it to the Lord and confessing it to other people, being real. Uh, But for people that grew up um, thinking more like me, where it's, you know, it's, um, I think out of a heart to be humble, I have really not accepted the gift of this new identity in a way that he's freely offering me. I'm having to grow into... What it means to be a saint, and literally, I said the word just now, and my arms got chill bumps because I don't even get it. Um, yeah. It's just this great gift, um, yes, and it's it's not a reason for pride because none of us earned it, but it yeah. is like a gift you don't want to just leave on the back porch. Like, yeah, you, we want to learn yeah. to try to live in light of the joy of being called saints. So. That's the last one, and so that's a lot that's that's a lot in one book to cover, but we really are hoping that by reading these dichotomies and placing ourselves in them, we'll know some ways to grow because if we're dry, God's not just it's it's not all up to God that's the thing like he is near mm-hmm. and he is coming for us, mm-hmm. and he has his eyes on us. But it's also up to us. And I think just knowing like, oh, there are these parts that maybe I haven't, you know, I've held back for whatever reason. There's open terrain for me to grow in these areas. I think it's going to be helpful for us to just have these conversations. I hope. That's, That's our hope and prayer.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's almost like I can almost see sometimes like, you know, we feel comfortable leaning one way or another. Yeah. But it makes us walk funny, <laughs> you
1: know, there you go.
0: right? Yeah. We're, we're always a little bit, and we're so guarded to try to keep our stand. And we're not able just to trust that the Holy Spirit can keep us in that beautiful, straight and narrow way that He's called us. Yeah. And I honestly think, Catherine, that's why we've got tensions in the, whole, in the Word of God. That's why it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, and then the very next part, it says, for it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Yeah. It's not either or. Yes. It's both and yeah. to keep us tall and straight and strong and yeah. able to really live in the freedom. And I think that that's the problem when we get caught in the either or. I think sometimes we're missing the freedom that that's found in that beautiful middle you know yes narrow is the way that leads to salvation but he says he's set my feet on a spacious place yeah he, i run free in the paths of his commands so oh powerful message i hope you guys will pick up the book um i would just love to have you pray for us because i think all of us I, first of all i think it's important to recognize no matter which camp you might find yourself on or where you lean personally by preference um We all, I I loved what you said. There's so much more. Yeah. And some of that is found on the other side of our comfort zone. And so would you just pray for us to take that great adventure in the Lord?
1: Absolutely. Dear Lord, we just um, come to you, everyone listening, um, that's just eager to have more of you. We come to you just saying... Confessing that potentially our desire has run dry at times, and we haven't known how to grow toward you. First of all, just pray a prayer that a mentor has has told me to pray, and that's give us the desire to desire, yes, you, Lord. Yes. A- awaken our hearts to you. Mm. Um, but Lord, we just um, we pray that for the hearts that have been in the desert and dry, Lord, for your water to just pour on, um, yes. pour on us. Lord, we know that you say in your word that your eyes go to and fro about the mm-hmm. earth, just looking for those whose hearts are wholly devoted to you. And so yes. we just ask, Lord, um, would you awaken? our whole lives to you, Lord, because we want as your eyes are looking around for them to rest on us. We want to be in sync with you and we want to experience life with you in abundance like you're offering. So Lord, for whatever reasons we're holding parts of ourselves back, Lord, would you offer your own divine healing um, of wounds? Would you help calm our fears, Lord? Would you, where we're you know nervous or shy, would you just help us experience the safety that mm-hmm. we have in your arms? Lord, would you remind us that you are a very loving Father that um, we can open up to? We can give all of ourselves to you and not be afraid. But Lord, would you remind us that you're actually the very safest place that we could be? Mm-hmm. So Lord, I just pray for everyone here just to experience a fullness of life with you in this year that is beyond what we've expected um, in years past. Lord, we trust you to be the one to follow through on that um, because we know too, this isn't all up to us, um, but that where we're hungry for you, you want to fill us. So Lord, we just give this to you and we ask for um, an abundance in the days ahead, and we love you. Amen. Amen.
0: The longer I serve Jesus, I realize how much He desires that I bring all that I am to Him. I know that it's scary to surrender our lives so completely, and yet I can tell you from personal experience, it is the only way to live. So, what are you waiting for, my friend? Bring Him all that you are the good, the bad, even the ugly, all the scattered pieces. All the imperfect places that you try to hide rather than just bring to Him. For as you bring Him all that you are, that's when He can give you all that He is. And I don't want us to miss out on that for anything else in the world. You can find links to Catherine's book in the description below, but there are over a hundred other living room interviews just waiting for you in the archives. When you subscribe to the podcast, they automatically populate your podcast player, and you can listen completely for free anytime you want. There are interviews that I know will help you grow your faith and become wholehearted, not just in your walk with Jesus, but in everything you do. Because when we invite Jesus into all that we are, not just the religious part of our lives, well, He makes us more like Him helping us live and love and lead in a way that not only brings life to us, it brings life to everyone we meet.